Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Bald Guy podcast with your host, Jeff Brown, and our guest, Dave Van Horn. Hi, welcome to our podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to the dynamic note guru, Dave Van Horn. How you doing, Dave? Greetings, Jeff. How you doing? I'm in San Diego, man. Like I always say, how bad could it ever be? You're too funny. You know, I want to talk about, uh, generally speaking, the future of note funds. When I say note funds, I mean the kind of funds that PPR Note Company, your your firm, generally manages. And I know you have many of those. You probably, you, what are you up to now, nine or ten? Yeah, that's a good question. We're probably less than that. Some of them we have wound down, but I guess we're probably seven. Okay. So I got four basic questions. and. Basically, we're going to just try to see into the future with what you see in your various note funds and the market in general. So I'll just start firing okay. off with, with number one here. How has the supply-demand curve changed in, say, the last couple of years, Dave? Well, the supply and the demand are, are different. So the demand for notes has increased, and I think a lot of that has to do with equity coming back in the marketplace and the cost of notes themselves have gone up, but the supply has uh, actually been increasing for us. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, the size that we're becoming and that we're, we have access to avenues we didn't always have. So I think a lot of that is, uh, you know, we're doing a lot on the NSO side, which is the HUD, the Fannie, the Freddie, which believe it or not, they have a lot of product. And I think it was because of, uh, this might make sense, after the crash, there was only really one kind of loan written, and it was FHA. So you're seeing a lot of that. They relaxed their standards, if you remember, and they were basically uh, selling a lot of first-time homebuyer FHA products. So, for example, yep. they have a big uptick of product right now. So a lot of people, it's really just knowing what's happening, where and when. But, yeah, there's a lot of you know Fannie, Freddie product that's out there. And then we're also seeing some unique relationships, like we have one relationship with a servicer that has access to about 300 different banks, and they don't get a lot of default, but they get a little bit of default from a lot of people. So it's kind of a, you know, it's just it's really just where are you in the in the uh, food chain kind of thing. So to boil it down, you've seen both demand and supply go up, but it sounds like from what you're saying, the demand has gone up a little bit more than supply, which has resulted in the higher price of the notes. Well, I think you're seeing there's an uptick in demand on the retail side, for example. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, there's a lot of people scrambling for deals right now. They're, you know, if you talk to the typical real estate investor on the ground, right? He's looking, he can't find enough deals, he can't find enough REO, and then eventually they can't find enough notes, or the notes are expensive, and it's because of equity coming back in the market. It's really just a function of, of that, and to them, it kind of, you know, I don't want to say freaks them out, but it's, they don't know how to deal with it because they were used to getting properties cheaper, but then again, if they went to go sell it or refinance it, it was probably more difficult or they didn't get a, they got lower appraisals or whatever. So it's a trade-off, right? But it doesn't mean that they're – to us, they're, we, we have deals. Actually, we're getting crazy numbers on some of our stuff, and we're getting crazy cash-outs. You know, I just had a note the other day that I had paid like 18, and it was about not even a year ago I paid 18 for it. I just cashed out at 89, and it was a, 
it was a California second mortgage. So, you know, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, where do you do that once a month? Yeah, where do you do that one from? So I'll hear one side of the equation that complains, but if you have a portfolio, your portfolio is way up in value right now, right? And we get some pretty good bids on some of our products these days, so there's no complaints. You don't hear me crying necessarily, but um, we're we're not finding it, a, you know, a horrible market or anything. We're uh, we're actually expecting uh, the next five years to be pretty robust. Is uh, what we're we're actually putting systems in place to be able to handle the volume. That's what we're doing. Right, and I think next podcast we want to get into that a little bit more. Sure. My second question is about returns. I know. When I opened up the Ball Guy Note Fund about a little over three years ago, at the end of 13, we were looking at cash on cash for reperforming first position notes at roughly 12 to 15% a year. And of course, we've seen that fall for the reasons you've already outlined here. What returns do you see, Dave, in the general discounted note and note fund market in the near future? You know, that, that that's a great question that... There's two sides of it, right? So there's the market, there's the cost of capital, and then there's also the efficiency of your fund. So you got three different forces going on, right? And I, you know, even when I look back at PPR when we started back in 2007 uh, and eight, nine, I mean, we had rates at 18, 19, 20, you know, and I could make the same argument. Well, rates used to be 18, Jeff. How come they're 12 or 10 or? or eight or wherever yep. they're at. So obviously things change and, it, and it's a combination of those three things. It's not always just one of them, right? And then also it's, you know, as a fund's open more or it has more transparency or more history or more track record or all those things, it sometimes can justify a lower cost of capital from its investors. So it's, it, you have some of that going on. And then you have a marketplace, right? Where, well, people could go invest in something else, right? But I think right now, from the accredited investor side, I, I think we're going to be in that 10 to 12% range for the most part. I think um, unaccredited, sometimes it's a lower yield with unaccredited funds because there's more paperwork, there's more aggravation, there's more reporting, there's more audits, those types of things. When it comes to notes, lately notes have been having lower yields than the fund, and I think a lot of that's demand. So it's this demand equation versus this real estate values thing. You know, you just saw another interest rate hike recently. And normally, you've been in real estate forever, Jeff, longer than me. I was probably a small boy when you started. But anyhow, <laughs> the <laughs> but the interest rates, you know, tick up. And, and even though real estate values have been on the upswing, you'll see interest rates hit. And it usually pushes, puts pressure down on real estate values when rates go up. You know, people can buy less house, for example. But we haven't really been seeing, you know, actually the, the Fed's been pretty smart with this. They've timed it pretty well because they're kind of getting away with these rate hikes because the economy's kind of moving again, you know. The outlook's promising. You're seeing a strong, you know, business environment. You're, you know, you have a favorable, we might be looking at favorable, you know, corporate tax or uh, health care maybe or, you know, your real estate president, you know. So they might be able to raise these rates, which they really needed to do. They were ridiculously low. So it's actually in some ways a good thing because it gives them some breathing room. You don't want to be like Japan where you're negative. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see 
how much pressure it puts on real estate values. Now, the other side is, you know, if there's a, you know, people ask me that all the time. What if, you know, we're expecting a crash by 2018, we expect the real estate market to crash. Well, I don't want to say hallelujah or anything, but that's not necessarily a bad thing for us because when the markets crash, there's more foreclosures, there's more distressed debt, and we get more product at cheaper prices. So it's like, which side do you want me to argue? So I don't know that that's the case, but I think with these interest rates slowly inching up, but they haven't gone up dramatically yet, and I don't know that they will. I think you're going to see a couple rate hug. You know, I, I, you're bound to see some more rate hike, but I don't know that you'll see a ton of it. And I, it, it might be spaced out a little bit gradual. So how well will the market respond is yet to be seen. But I think there's, uh, I think there's so much capital out there chasing so few investments. Um, but it, it's also going to depend on the type of funds too, uh, Jeff. I mean, a lot of times you'll see our first lien funds pay a little, you know, lower return than a second lien fund or something like that. But we're also starting to see more crowdfunding too. So where this Regulation A funds are starting to crop up with the Jobs Act, and you're seeing this, uh, you know, they kind of have the rules of the road now. So you're going to see these startups crop out, of, you know, just about anywhere, and really they're taking market share off of Wall Street. So it, now you're creating situations where, um, you know, Main Street meets Wall Street without without the middlemen, you know. So now companies can go out and raise capital and uh, compete with the big boys between the Internet and the ability to raise money from the unaccredited. Um, it, it, it could be a game changer in the business world, you know. So that's yet to be seen because it's relatively new. So how much activity will that spur? You know, we're looking at it too. We're looking at the Regulation A funds as well. So maybe it might be a little bit lower rate, but it might be open to everybody. You know, so it it, it could be a different ball game at that point, Jeff. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention too, Dave. Is that the the crowdfunding has been what you and I both predicted it might be potentially, which is maybe a game changer. Not not that it would disintermediate anybody, but would force the market to adjust because of the competition. No, you're right. I, I think you're going to see an uptick in competition, but there is a barrier to entry. So th they are pretty expensive on the larger versions of those. There's like a $20 million and a $50 million level, for example. And the $20 million level, you're still registering with all the states. You still have a lot of costs. With the $50 million level, it's a different process, too. You have to literally go go to get in bed with the SEC and get approved. And it's going to take you probably four to six months to even set up. And the cost to do it's considerable. It's probably in the seventy-five thousand to one hundred thousand range, just on the legal on on some of the legal side of that. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not a cheap fund to open. Now you'll have a lot of flexibility in what you can do. So there is a barrier to entry there, so to speak. But you'll have ability to do a lot of things as far as uh, you know raising money at a lower minimums and things like that, shorter terms. And sure, you'll have a lower cost of capital probably, but there's some appeal to that. You know, we're looking at that too. Do we become the next, you know, lending club of secured mortgages, you know, that type of thing. Exactly, exactly. Now, do you see, Dave, any big changes coming uh, to the discounted note market in general? Some of it will depend on the economy and jobs. That, that impacts our market dramatically, more so than interest rates. You know, a lot of people think it's interest rates in our world, and it really isn't. Uh, most of the loans we buy, the interest rates were already put in place. We're modifying them, and we can adjust that modification depending on what the current rates are. So that doesn't really impact us there. 
it could impact us in our cost of capital, but where rates are today and the rates we pay, there's still a big gap. So, But it's really the economy, jobs, and the real estate market that impact us the most now. So the real estate market will impact us because notes are in direct correlation to real estate values. By that I mean is if real estate values are down, the value of our notes are down. If real estate values are up, the value of our notes are up. That can be a factor, but it's also the economy and jobs. And the reason I say economy and jobs is there's four main reasons people default. It's death, divorce, job loss, and medical. Well, unless we find a cure for cancer or something, or unless we, you know, people stop uh, getting divorced, which I don't see that happening. Um, <laughs> actually, that yeah, might go not. the other way, right? So, I mean, so really the factor there is jobs in the economy is the big one. Um, and if there's a downtick in the economy, you see an uptick in foreclosure. You know, there's no question about it. So the the thing with jobs, though, is we're seeing a different outlook of what jobs are. What's that definition of a job these days? And you're seeing people who get bumped from a better job and now they have two crappy jobs or whatever that is. I think what's happening there, there is potential for another downswing or depression or whatever, whatever you want to call it. And I think it's coming from a big change in information and technology. I mean, you saw it when agriculture went into industrial age, right? And, and that's partly why you saw the Great Depression when you think about it. The, the collapse in 29 was all the change, right? Look at all the stuff that came about. You had the automobile, you had the airplane, you had all these things, right? Well, the same thing's kind of happening now with technology and you're seeing all these jobs displacing everybody. So could that cause some r ripples in the market? And the answer is yes. Um, but I think we're well positioned there. I think we're well positioned to take advantage of it. And I think, you know, we've set a lot of infrastructure up lately, especially on the technology side, to handle more volume. So I think um, we're ready to go no matter what happens kind of thing, if you get my, my drift. You know, I would, I would have you repeat something you kind of glossed over. You said something I think is profound that the public generally doesn't understand. You mentioned with notes, you know, if real estate goes up, this happened. If real estate goes down, this happens. And they were both good for the note holder. Would you repeat that? It's like if real estate values go up, then my notes are more valuable and my portfolio is worth more, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, we have a sizable portfolio. If, right. But if real estate values drop, it just means my sources just got cheaper and more abundant. I'm making money on either side of that equation. It's just how, right? So it, it, it's like, you know, you see all the stuff going on today, right, in the news, in the market. And, um, like, I have a younger son, and he'll be, you know, ranting about this or ranting about that. And I'll be, I'll, I'm always, like, a lot more calm. Maybe it's my old age, but I'll go, hey, look, <laughs> relax. Relax a little bit. Take a deep breath. It's not just what happens out there. It's really about how we respond to what happens out yep. there. Well, so I said, you know. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can, there's things that I can control and things I can't control, but I can control how I respond. And I think that's where, you know, when I get a lot of these questions, it's usually from someone who's not used to maybe having a good outcome on their response or they, they don't know what to do or, or something like that. But I don't know. We've been through up and down cycles. I'm not saying we're immune to everything. I don't mean to be that cocky about it. But I think if you have a pulse on it a little bit, you kind of, to gauge what's happening. Real estate, I mean, yeah, I've been in it 30 years. I can kind of get a sense of what's going on out there, even though markets are local. Some markets haven't come back yet, 
and some markets are doing quite well. I mean, look at a lot of the California markets right now. You know, we're we're enjoying a, a big uptick in a lot of markets, and and it shows in our notes. So yeah, I mean, but there can be money made in all these markets. You know, it's a different ball game when you have notes with equity and you're going down the foreclosure path. You know, it's a different. The conversations change a little. You know. So, yeah, you think? <laughs> well, let's end with this one. You know, just broad brush. In the next few years, considering all the changes we're seeing with crowdfunding and equity entering into the market that maybe wasn't there three or four years ago to the extent it is today, what you're seeing with returns and opportunity costs, what do you expect to see in the next few years, generally speaking? We're very optimistic right now. A combination of the current uh, environment, uh, we're seeing the economy st- seems to be doing pretty good. We're seeing the markets doing pretty good. We're seeing real estate's doing pretty good. Uh, we're still seeing plenty of product. Uh, we have more clarity in where we're going as an organization. Uh, we like the favorable corporate environment, the taxes. We see a lot of potential change in some of the deregulation, uh, which is definitely cumbersome to us on the regulatory side, on the compliance side. But you know what? We're able to handle we, we were set up to handle it handle the overregulation. So any relaxation is a, is a benefit to us. You know, so it's it's you know when you really think about some of the favorable things that are coming along now. Now there could be things that aren't so favorable like we don't know what the tax changes will be. Everybody's kind of on right. standby, right? But you know it, it's like anything. You you kind of see what hand you're dealt and then you and you play your role after that and you, and you figure it out. I think we're comfortable either way, but we're pretty optimistic in our systems and our process and in our in our sourcing and our ability to raise capital, which is one of our biggest strengths. So I think, you know, unless something dramatic happens in like all of those areas at the same time, I, I really don't see anything stopping the growth of our organization and, and what we're trying to do. So I think uh, it's pretty positive for us, so. especially on the, you know, the Regulation A or the crowdfunding side. We see a lot of uh, positive outlook from some of that stuff. Perfect. And we'll get into a lot of the stuff we, we didn't touch on today next time. Uh, really appreciate uh, all of this. This has just been nothing but steak and lobster today, Dave. Thanks a lot. All right, people, thanks for listening in, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Bald Guy Podcast with Jeff Brown and our guest, Dave Van Horn.